Hello, podcast people. I'm excited you are with us for our first podcast in our new series called Finding Your Prayer Language. It's all about the power of prayer. My name is Zach Daniel, and I'm the lead pastor of Antioch Community Church here in Dallas, Texas, and I'm your host on this podcast. Before we get to the sermon, I want to share with you about our giving project called That We May. We are a generous church with a growing vision. As we learn in our study on the book of Ezra called Revive, go back and check the archives for that, we saw that when God stirs a vision, there's also a need for the finances to fund that vision. Toward that end, That We May is an initiative to help us take meaningful steps towards funding our facility move. That We May gather as a family, brought together by Jesus' love and faithfulness to us, where we're moved again and again to awe, wonder at His love, at His goodness on display in our midst and lifted high in our city. That we may have a space to invest with passion and excellence into the next generation, playing our part in our generation to pass on the gospel. That we may have a home base from which we can love and serve the poor, the at-risk, and the refugee with the compassion and the power of Jesus, that we may be a house of prayer for all nations here in Dallas, that we may make disciples who step into the call of God on their lives to carry the gospel to the four corners of the world, that we may see marriages and families restored, college students touched, and young professionals mentored for their joy, our city's good, and the glory of God. That's that we may. So what's the need? We need to raise $150,000 to facilitate this move. This will go toward adequately equipping our new space at 9461 LBJ Freeway Suite 200 right here in Dallas, Texas, uh, as we seek to move in this fall. So how can you be a part? Would you seek God and ask Him for how He might be leading you to give above and beyond your normal giving? or maybe leading you to begin to give to Antioch Dallas for the first time. As we partner together in this giving, we are sowing into a special opportunity to be a part of what Jesus is doing here in our local church, in our city, and in the nations of the earth. We're going to have three giving days on October the 30th, December the 3rd, and January the 8th as a part of this campaign. Thank you for listening about that. We may thank you for getting excited. I'm excited about what could happen as we give and we sow into this. And with that as the backdrop, let's jump into the message. It's Joe Paulino, who's on our pastoral leadership team, kicking it off, talking about finding your prayer language. Good morning. My name is Joe Polino. I am. I have the honor to serve here on staff and so glad that you guys are here this morning. We are kicking off uh, a new sermon series, like Donnie said. Uh, I don't know where he went, but he said it. Uh, finding um, your prayer language, which I thought was funny that Zach, on the day that he wasn't going to be here, would leave me, you know, the sermon on, on tongues or whatever. Um, but I'm not going to do that today. And so it just kind of alludes to that. It's a little provocative title, but but really what it's talking about um, is finding your prayer language. It's, it's kind of like finding your prayer life, finding your connection to God, using that language. So this is what we're going for in this sermon series. And we, I really think this is a timely uh, series for us 
um, as a church uh, with the moving into a new place, not just for the sake of a new building, but that we may, um, man, see God do the miracles there, see God bring people to, to know him, seeing uh, his uh, gospel like received by people, seeing people healed, seeing the younger generation come up. So that we may, and, and all those things will be a fruit out of uh, prayer, really. There'll be a fruit out, out of our connection with God. It's also a timely series for our country. It's also a timely series, uh, I think, probably for most anyone to, to go over prayer, um, because I don't know about you, but prayer can be a very difficult thing at times, especially uh, in our pace of life, uh, in our kind of culture. Uh, we usually wake up uh, and we work, and then when we're not working, we're entertained, and then we're sleeping, and we're eating somewhere in there. You know, we just have so many different things. I don't know about you, but, but things vying for our attention. Uh, I was thinking about this question, which can kind of put me on my heels sometimes. I don't know about you, but, you know, how's your prayer life going? Uh, and it kind of like, I need to think. And I'm like, well, do I quantify it on like a scale of one to five? Uh, maybe it's a, you know, I had my quiet time this morning, but then I played Candy Crush at night. So I didn't really, you know, that was, that was a waste of time. I shouldn't have done that or, you know, whatever. It's just kind of like, well, am, am, I, am I doing a good job praying? Because I, I know it's important and, and, I, and I know that God calls me to do it, but yet it's, it's difficult to do. And sometimes I don't know if I'm I'm getting through, right? I don't know what's happening. And then life happens to me. And, you know, it's almost like you're, you're driving uh, in your car and you're, uh, all of a sudden stuff's getting on your wind, windshield and you can't really see clearly uh, and your wipers aren't good. I, my wipers currently are not that good. I've been needing to change them. And it's really frustrating because you can't see where you're going. You're disoriented, right? And so we need, uh, we need help. Um, we need a guide uh, to help us to, to learn how to pray. And so that's, that's the title of our topic this morning. What I'm going to be talking to, you about, talking to you about is what the scripture was up there is teach us to pray. God, would you teach us to pray? And we want to go towards um, what Jesus says. I mean, prayer is not unique, obviously, to, to Christianity or to uh, disciples or followers of Jesus. Uh, in fact, it's interesting if you anthropologists will go back and they'll study some of the earliest civilizations. And, and even there, they will find signs of worship. There were signs of, of prayer. And there's almost this, there's this like innate like uh, gene to know that we were born from something and that there is this gap in between who we are now and, and this divine being, whatever that is. Um, and so prayer is a way to access that or a way to try to close that gap. And so literally every religion uh, has some sort of prayer. And I just recently uh, had a, I read a survey that said actually 30% of atheists uh, admitted to praying at different points. Um, you know, in their, in their day or during their life. I'm not sure about why, but it's just like maybe this desire within them to, uh, maybe it's therapeutic for them, or maybe it's just, hey, I just feel like an urge to do it, so I do it. Um, so there's just a lot of different, if you look at the landscape of prayer, it can be pretty confusing. So we're going we're gonna to look at God's Word, um, and, uh, and just like when you look at a windshield, if you're driving, uh, you're, if you focus on the windshield, you're not going to be a good driver, right? And there's actually a picture up here. So if you're focusing on the windshield, uh, then, then you're not headed towards your target of why you're actually intended to go. The windshield's there for a purpose, but it's meant for you to, to 
to be protected and for you to have access in order to see what's, what's ahead. And so that's kind of like what prayer is. So we don't want to get caught up so much with uh, the form of, of prayer, the wording of prayer, so where it's like, okay, I need to do this this way, do this this way. But this is, we want to know God. We want to see God. We're headed in a direction when we come to him to pray, right? And so, um, and so what we're going to look at this morning is three things that kind of act as windshield wipers, if you will, um, to, our, to our soul, windshield wipers to our life. And, um, and it's going to be in Luke 11. If you want to turn there, if you have your Bible and you want to turn it on or you slide it over um, to Luke 11. And there's going to be three things that I just want to highlight from this passage, um, that in this passage, Jesus is going to teach us um, that he helps us to see clearly uh, through God's people, through God's word, and through God's spirit. So through God's people, through God's word, through God's spirit. That sound good? I think appropriately. So I would like to invite you guys just to pray. Um, that we would collectively just hear from God what he wants to speak this morning. So I invite you guys just to bow with me and ask him to to speak before we read our text. And so, Father, thank you uh, this morning already for just my my friends here and just getting to worship you (laughs) um, for for who you are. Thank you that you um, are generous. God, thank you that you spoke first. God, that you spoke us into being. God, you started this conversation, and we want to learn, God, who you are and how to talk uh, back. We want to know you, God, and we realize that, uh, God, I am inept to do that, but your spirit um, can do anything. And so I just pray that your spirit would uh, speak to each person what they need to hear this morning. And everyone said, amen. Okay, Luke 11, 1 through 4. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. So just to kind of set the scene here, so at the very beginning of the, of the verse, it says, now Jesus was praying in a certain place. So this is chapter 11 in Luke, and if you read the whole gospel account, this is not uncommon for Jesus to do. So he's, he says in, uh, that he's constantly pulling aside to be alone with the Father, that he is praying. He even says that I don't do anything that I don't see my Father doing, and I don't say anything that I don't hear my Father saying. So there's this connection that Jesus is letting in his disciples on saying that me and the Father have this intimate connection, right? And then the fruit of that, things that, that he does, I mean, from healing the sick to raising the dead, to uh, breaking uh, racial and prejudice barriers by talking to people that he shouldn't talk to, um, by, you know, just taking uh, five loaves and two sardines and making a meal for, you know, 5,000 people. I mean, it's just like, he's doing all these things, and 
And yet here we have Jesus praying again, and one of his disciples doesn't ask him, hey, would you, would you teach me how to do this or that or one of the things I just listed? They said, teach me to pray. Because he, this disciple, I believe, sees the fruit in Jesus's life is a, is a result of the source of communion with God. In other words, he tracks it back to the root and he says, I want that. I want, I want that. I don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily want tips and tricks. What I want is your communion with the Father. I want to know your power source right there. And so that's the first thing that we see um, is that we want a desire to know the source of the fruit to, and, and ask for God to teach us this. So just like the windshield analogy, like we don't, I mean, there's some tips and tricks that we could probably all share in here, but I think the thing I want to put before us is it's all for the purpose of teach us to pray so that we can know you more, God. Not so that we can get something from you, although that's uh, appropriate to ask for as we're going to find, but the biggest purpose is that I would know you. I want to commune with you. I imagine you didn't come here this morning, you know, for any uh purpose, maybe maybe you, it's this routine, but we want to we connect with God. I want to hear from God. I want to know God. And so that's why we're here this morning. That's why we, uh, that's why we pray. And so this is, um, so this one disciple, it's interesting, this one disciple out of the other, you know, 12 is the one that asks. So it's not all of them coming collecti- collectively to Jesus. For, one, for whatever reason, this one disciple was hungry. And this happened in my life when I was in college. Uh, I um, was at a time where I was searching for God. I was just searching for answers. I was, you know, did my studies. And then on the side, I was diving into all sorts of stuff to help me figure out, okay, is this true? Is this real? Whatever. Because I was just in a low point. I don't know if you've ever been there, but I was searching out uh, to see what was true. And I knew this other guy. So I was in a fraternity named Adam. I probably, if you've heard me preach before, he's, he's really instrumental in my life. But with Adam, if you don't know, he was in my fraternity and he was just uh, some of the fruit of his life, so to speak, that you would see is that he was a gym rat. So he would work out six times a week and his biceps were huge, okay? So that was a pretty impressive fruit of his life. Uh, you know, he was a goofball, just a complete goofball. He would just make you laugh and get you in stitches. Everyone liked Adam because he was just goofy and he was hilarious. Uh, Another thing about Adam, though, is he was kind of into himself. He was just into, I mean, he had kind of a different girl of the week type of flavor going on with different parties. And you always kind of wonder, like, who's he with? I thought he was with someone else. And so he was just kind of serving himself. uh, And he was also just self-absorbed in his own world. Now, I liked Adam. I liked being around him. I looked up to him as an upperclassman, but that was the fruit of his life. It was actually pretty similar to the fruit in my life. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm fast forward a summer passes. So I'm there for the next semester and there's a different fruit in Adam's life. I see Adam, a friend of his had invited him to go to a Christian sports camp where he did not know anything about Christianity faked his way through the interview, ended up being in a cabin of 12-year-olds going over uh, the gospel and said, uh, I don't, I've never heard this before. This is great. Can I have this? The 12-year-olds lead him to the Lord. And this is like a well-known Christian camp. So this isn't like, you know, 
I don't know, like your mom and pop, you know, camp somewhere in Texas. This is like a big, so somehow like he got through and, uh, and so, and, and it's just like, God starts changing them. He just starts changing them. And, and he comes back from that summer after having get involved with the church and things like that. He had gotten discipleship. And so the Adam that I saw was different. The Adam that I saw had fruit in his life, uh, like a peace. Like there was a peace where he wasn't caring so much about what other people saw, thought. Now he still worked out a lot, but it wasn't, you know, for the same reason um, as before. Um, and, and he had a peace on his life. He was generous with his time. Uh, he would actually start a devotional uh, uh, a devo, we called it, like a Bible study, when he would be gracious with his time, he'd say, hey, I want to teach you just what God's been teaching me. And he, I knew way more about the Bible than he did. Um, and it was funny going to there and he was like trying to figure things out. But there was a fruit there that he had that I didn't. There was a peace. There was a connection with God. There was something, I was like, I wanna know what you have. You know, I wanna know what's the source of that fruit. And so as we're coming uh, to just this series, really, that's what we're going for. Uh, you know, we, we don't wanna just go for the fruit or the things of God. We wanna know God and that we would be a people that would commune with him and walk with him and that we would um, have that vertical uh, hunger to know that source. Does that make sense? Yes. All right, so you're with me there. Um, and then this isn't the only thing that this disciple guy does. So this disciple guy does a one-up on me. So I went to Adam and I said, hey, I want to know your story. I want to know what's going on because I want this connection with God. Well, the disciple actually comes up to Jesus and says, hey, I've noticed this. Would you teach not just me to pray, but teach us to pray? Would you teach my, everyone to pray? And in fact, would you teach us like John taught his disciples? So what does that mean? So who's John and, and, and all that? So John is John the Baptist, came before Jesus, prepared the way for Jesus. Uh, he was, uh, what the Bible uh, described him as, as the voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. So it was John the Baptist that was one of the first ones that said, behold, that's, that's him. That's the Lamb of God who's gonna be slain for the sins of the world, that's him. And so he told his disciples like, this is the guy, you should probably go follow this guy. And so uh, he's like saying, no, you need to go follow him because this is the guy. And so here they're saying, well, John taught us to pray because in that day there was different kind of po pockets or sects of Judaism that you needed to distinguish, distinguish yourselves from other people. So imagine like if you and your, your buddies had like a special uh, handshake or, you know, whatever you see all these like athletes do or, or whatnot. Or we actually had a fraternity handshake type deal. So there's like something to distinguish you um, from who... From, from the other crowd. And so he's like, I want to know how to pray your way so that we can be a community centered on you. So we can be a, co a community centered on things that you're talking about and your message and your mission. And so, um, and so I just love how he was, obviously he's like, teach us to pray vertically, but also help my brothers uh, horizontally. And it's interesting that this one prayer request that this disciple had wasn't just for those other 11 it was for all those that would come after. Um, and so we're still here, you know, learning today from this. And so I think something that, you know, for us to take away from this is that we wouldn't only have a desire to know God personally, but for the person to our left and to our right, 
um, to realize that one of the ways that God helps us to pray is through God's people. It's through guys like Adam, who I saw something in that I wasn't seeing from the scriptures that I wasn't seeing. I needed to see that. I was like, man, he's got something. He's got a piece that I need. And so this morning, you might not have a, a big desire to get alone with God like Jesus did. And that's okay. But this is why we, we can't be individualistic only. We have to be communal. We have to say, hey, would you pray for me? Hey, would you, would you talk with me? Would you, you know, and that's why I love life group. That's why I love discipleship um, because we're in it together, all right? And we need each other to do that. So that's the first point that God's people is one way, the windshield wiper to help us see clearly who God is. So the next one uh, we're gonna go to is, is God's word. So God's word, so here Jesus is gonna tell us, okay, here's how you pray. And so just as the community prayers would, would mark or flavor, it's kind of like, you know, if you have, I don't know if you have any tea fans. So I know we have, we have lots of coffee people. Any tea people in here? Okay, got a lot of tea people in here. Um, so, you know, when you have tea, I don't know about you, but I like, I like mint tea. Uh, so that's my, my tea of choice. But I don't like it if it's weak. You know, I don't like it if it's just a little... Uh, you know, it's kind of like, you know, LaCroix. It's like, okay, this is like bugging me. It's like, it's like barely any flavor. You know what I mean? I mean, it's growing on me. It's growing on me. Uh, but, you know, I like it to be, I like it to be flavorful. And so whenever you take that bag um, of tea and you dip it in the water over time, you know, it, it allows it to, the flavor to get mixed in. And so this is what this type of prayer is meant to be. It's meant to be one that's prayed continuously and the flavor of it gets within the community um, and it gets within our, our souls and our, and our minds. And so here's, here's what Jesus um, said for them to pray. And I'm just gonna read it all the way through and then I'm gonna kind of go line by line um, and just hit some high points on it. So Jesus said, I want you to, to pray like this. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. Now, some of you might be going, why did you choose this version instead of the other version, the Matthew 6, which is a little bit more familiar um, well, this one just fits in the time a little bit better. No, in, in all seriousness, uh, you know, the other one I'm more familiar with, um, but I think there's a principle here is that it's not so much the magic of the words themselves, you know, that, oh, it's missing this or that, but it's, it's, the, it's the principles in each, uh, in each line, in each petition, okay? And so we're just gonna go through each one and we're gonna, kind of like a five course meal. If you ever had a five course meal, it's like each, each one builds on the other one. And if you get a course out of order, then it kind of messes things up. If you were to get the dessert before you got the soup and all that stuff, it would be terrible. And so you, you, need, to, you need to follow the progression, follow the order. So the first one that he says is, Father, hallowed be your name. And so it begins... And a surprising point. So he's like, I want you to pray like this. He doesn't jump in your prayer request. He doesn't even say, you know, God, holy are you, God almighty. He says, Father. And he doesn't, I mean, it, the word isn't even really Father. It's Abba. It's Dada. <laughs> it's, 
it's daddy. It's like that type of language that a kid would say papa back then. And so that's the language that Jesus said, here's how I want you to start. And then he says, hallowed be thy name. That's just, you know, we don't use that word very much, but it just means holy. It means good. It means amazing is your name. And, and you know, Isaiah, the Bible describes God uh, as one who would hold the whole waters of the earth in just the hollow of his hands. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's the alpha and the mega. He's just like Jeremy was praying, like there's <laughs> right now in heaven, there's, there's just a worship service going 24 seven just because he's so amazing. And that's what we're made for. And it's hard for us to fully understand that here, but this is what Jesus came to do. He came to reveal who God was and he, and he, and he reveals them as father. And this is something that might not resonate with us as much as it did back then when they understood more the, just the gap that there is between God and us. I think for us, we might you know, be used to hearing, hey, we're all God's children. Or, you know, and, and, but I think we lose in, a, in the West a little bit of fear and reverence and awe as to who God is. And so it just makes this all the more like powerful. And he says, Abba, Father. And so when we come to God, so what does that mean for us? We say, we say, Abba, Father. We say, Dada. <laughs> we say, Daddy. And, and, you know, the difference between a relationship, obviously, between like a father and a son or a father and a daughter versus like a servant and a king um, is that there's access that a son or daughter has that a servant does not necessarily to a king. Uh, there is also um, a, uh, there's a name that we carry uh, that a servant would necessarily carry. Maybe they would carry the kingdom name, but the, the name of the family uh, were given the name. And if we're also given the name, that means we're also given an inheritance. We're also given, you know, God's giving us things and we didn't deserve any of this. And so what, uh, what we were seeing here is that Jesus is alluding to what's gonna happen is we're going to be adopted. Now, what's significant about adoption, if you've ever been around a family that adopts, uh, their value system challenges me. Their value system, I mean, because they are going out of their way to pay money to bring in this child into their family so that they can care for them, they can sacrifice, they can love this that was not originally theirs, but is now theirs. And that's what God's done for me. That's a, and that's why it's, we sing. That's why we, it's like, wow, amazing grace. How sweet the sound. You know, that's, that saved a wretch like me, that God would actually reach in and save us. Wow, that's amazing. And so uh, I'm spending more time on this one than probably the other ones because it just grips my heart so much. And uh, in Romans 8, 15, um, it, it talks about this. We were actually given a spirit of adoption. It says, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So that's amazing. So that's where you begin. Okay, so then where do you go after that? The next word, that, the next uh, phrase is your kingdom come. Okay, so once again, for me, when I'm coming to God, I'm like, okay, I have my agenda that I need to go through with you, right? I have my list of things that need to get done and I don't have a lot of time. And, and here again, there's another, uh, 
I guess, pause before we get to those things. And it says, your kingdom come. And, uh, and so this speaks two things to, to me anyway. It speaks purpose and it speaks hope. So when it says your kingdom come, it's reminded that this is, now that we're adopted into his family, this is what we are called to also take on. And if you, if you uh, look in Genesis and you look at the original intent that God created man for, it was uh, to be blessed, to be fruitful and multiply and to rule, to, make, to have dominion over. And so actually each one of us in some form or fashion were made to rule. We were made to have responsibility. We were made to, uh, and, and so when we're in his kingdom, we are saying, hey, we, not my kingdom, not Joe's kingdom, not my agenda. Hey, your kingdom come, your agenda. And that's, that's actually the best place to be because he's a much better king than I am. And, and then you are, then all of us are. And so it helps redirect our desires and our intention and our purpose. So why does this also give us hope? It reminds us that what we're, where we're at right now is temporary. That one day there's gonna be the fullness of the kingdom coming in. That's what we believe. We, uh, as we believe that Jesus came and that he ushered in a new kingdom and that his spirit is moving and that we pray your kingdom come, your will be done in, our, in my, you know, you pray in my marriage, in my family, in our city. That's what we wanna pray. That's what we're gonna pray uh, throughout this time, that your kingdom would come so that God uh, would rule and people would be blessed. Um, but it's also gonna happen like in its fullness and we might not see it now. And it says that we will go through uh, trials and tribulations. Last week, Zach was talking about how he can sometimes feel so up and down based on circumstances. But this is a hope that's sure and certain that says in Romans uh, eight eighteen, which will be on the screen that, you know, considering that these, this is just such a moment in eternity that these are just light and momentary afflictions that will like not be, uh, it's not worth comparing to the kingdom when it comes in its fullness. So that's an encouragement for us. Uh, and I was even thinking about this week, uh, the, the line from Lord of the Rings, where uh, if you're familiar with Lord of the Rings, you'll get this. If not, I apologize. Um, but I think most people will, where, where uh, Gandalf, he thinks that uh, he's dead, but then Sam Samwise says, you know, Gandalf, I thought you were dead. Uh, in fact, I thought I was dead too. Are all sad things going to become untrue? Um, and in Christ, when we see him face to face, he's gonna make all things new. It's an amazing promise. And I just had to get the Lord of the Rings reference in there. <laughs> so it's not, it's not a good sermon without one. So... Amen. That's right. So, uh, yeah. And so the next one, he says, give us today our daily bread. So finally, we're here. Finally, so like a windshield wiper kind of clears away some of the things. Maybe my desires were a little bit selfish to set out. Maybe, I don't know. But here's the place to ask. Give us each day our daily bread. And notice it says each day. And what that reminds us of is that in the Old Testament, uh, God would lead his people through the wilderness and provide for them supernaturally. He would give them bread from heaven every single day. And he said, I'm gonna give it to you every day. Don't go out and collect it for the next day. It'll be there tomorrow. And what do they do? They, they try to hoard it, they try to collect it, and then it rots. And he's like, I told you. I told you I'm gonna have it every day. So he's training them, he's teaching them, give each day our daily bread. And then he even says, but 
before the Sabbath, I don't want you to collect, so I want you to gather double. And then on that time, it doesn't rot. And so it's just like, God, you're so amazing. Like you, you, you it's, it's supernatural. And so you provide for us. And so when you say, give each day our daily bread, we're reminding ourselves that God knows me, God knows what I need, um, and he's gonna provide because that's who he is. Um, and, and I think just also just encourage you guys to ask and ask specifics. You know, when you pray, Lord, bless me today, how do you know if that came true or not? Like, you know, it's just kind of the vague generalities. Like, pray specifically. What do you need? What do you need emotionally? What do you need to, like, continue to ask specifically? Because that's like, I mean, if, you, if, if Amy and I were having my wife a conversation and I just kind of, you know, was, I don't know, having like a very shallow conversation, that's not a very good relationship, right? And so we want to press forward and be honest and give us our daily bread because he wants us to ask. In Luke 11, uh, eleven thirteen, you read on a little bit more. It says, uh, you know, what father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So go to your father who's a good father and ask. Okay, so moving along. We got two more. Okay, so the next one is forgive us our sins for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted against us. So I think on the screen, I put a picture of an iPhone 7, if you can see that. Just because I think forgiveness for me is something that I, I, struggle, uh, I struggle with. I mean, it is expensive. So there's, there's, you know, the, there's the debt there, but that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about um, is just, I was trying to picture, okay, if I was to... Uh, so my friend Brandon, Brandon uh, Briscoe, uh, is he here? Is he here? Oh, he's not a church. Oh, okay. There we go. There he is. So he is what we would call an early adopter for Apple products. Uh, so much so that when the iPhone 7 uh, came to his house, he realized that he missed the UPS guy. So he ran down the street with no shoes on and flagged him down so he could get his iPhone 7. So that's how much he would love. He, he, that's how much he uh, is interested in this phone. And so, uh, and so what if I was like, hey, could I see that? And then I had it and then I dropped it and I completely shattered it, destroyed, and Apple wouldn't repay it and all those types of other things. And it was just lost. There would be a, a debt, there would be a cost to either me, I would need to pay him back, or to him that he would say, no, it's forgiven. I will absorb the cost. Either way, there is a price to be paid, right? Um, obviously, if Apple, there's no Apple care, but just for this, just for this purpose, like that's, 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 that's in a way what God's done. Like when he forgives us um, of our sins that we sometimes just think, yeah, yeah, well, no one's perfect. No, there's a cost, guys. There's a cost when we sin, it grieves God's heart and it costs us. And so when you like think about how much he's forgiven us on the cross, man, that's, a, that's amazing. And so that reminds us of that. And then when we think about that, we think about, wow, look how much I've received, um, look how much I've been given. And so God help me to give that to other people. Um, help me to then forgive uh, as well. And it's amazing um, just how in scripture over and over again, God's like, hey, here's who you are, here's who I want you to be. And then the next thing you're like, and I'm, we're gonna take the world. And he's like, love one another. 
It's like, okay, <laughs> you know, I thought there was something a little bit more epic than that, but that's what he wants. He wants us to love one another. In Ephesians 5, 1 through 2, he says, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Um, and so the last one is lead us not into temptation. And so I just, uh, this one is usually just such a great lead in to out of your prayer time, out of your, uh, just God lead me today. And, you know, it says in the Bible that we're all gonna be tempted. We all face choices, but I don't wanna be tempted more uh, than necessary, you know? So I don't, I, don't need, I don't need extra temptation today. Jesus, would you lead me uh, and lead us not into temptation? Um, and this is just a reminder of who God is. I love this passage uh, in John 10, uh, 10 through 11. It says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. That's who's leading us, Jesus. He lays down his life for us. So after all that, just to kind of land the plane, so to speak. um, So we have God's people, that was God's word. And then the last one is God's spirit. And so I just honestly, even this week, I was trying to practice what I was about to preach because I was going through some hard times this week. And I was like, well, I wouldn't be, you know, very wise if I didn't apply some of these things. So I was just, you know, I was just kind of struggling to connect with God. And so I was going through the Lord's prayer and, and praying it and it was good. But honestly, it just wasn't hitting. I don't know if you guys have ever had that where you're just reading and it's just not hitting but I, needed the, I need the spirit of God to come and apply the truth to my life. And so I just asked God, what are you saying through this? What are you doing? I just felt like the phrase that came to mind that I was believing is that man, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. And, and, and that, so that was like this perpetual, I'm not good enough. Um, and, and it kind of reminded me of, uh, uh, actually my father-in-law told me this, uh, that, there's stairs that are famous called the Santa Clara stairs. I think we have a picture of it back here. Um, and stairs where uh, they would, in essence, kind of have like Catholics would have to give penance by climbing up the stairs like on their knees, like, you know, step by step. And these are actually the stairs where Martin Luther was doing this. He was giving penance. And then all of a sudden he realized like in Romans uh 16 and 17, like it just kind of came alive. And he was like, it's not by works, it's by faith. And so in Romans 1, 16 uh, and 17, I think we have that scripture. It says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And this is the line that got him for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. And so, you know, we need to apply the gospel. We need to apply the spirit, um, that the spirit is inside of us. And it's not just the law. So it's not, you know, I don't want you to walk out of here saying, okay, I need to apply these things. You know, that the question of how's your prayer life? Hey, Jesus fulfilled every single one of these principles. Um, on, he, he did it all in his life. He did it all in his death. Uh, you know, he's the one that made a way 
uh, for us so that we could be sons of God. He's the, he's the one who said, your kingdom come and your will be done and not mine, Lord, in the garden of Gethsemane. He's the one um, that, uh, man, he, he said, you know, I've, I've come to give my body so that you may have bread of life forever. You can go through each one. Jesus is the hero. Jesus is the hero and we're, we don't have to be and we're not. And so he is. And so there's just like a freeing that we actually get the spirit um, and we get to walk with him through that. Uh, and so I just, I'm gonna invite the band to come up and, and we're, gonna, we're gonna close. And I just wanna give some space uh, towards the end for us to just to recap and to think about, hey, you know, God, what are you, what are you showing me um, this morning? Is there anything in my windshield that is blocking me from just communing with you and having connection with you? Uh, do I need to, to get with God's people? Do I need to come up here and maybe have someone pray for me? Is there, uh, you know, something in your word that I just need to meditate on? And like a, you know, that tea bag, just like, just let that flavor get in and just let it sit. Or maybe there's just something that God's spirit wants to tell you uh, this morning. And so I want to invite you guys to stand and um, I'm going to pray. And if I can have a few uh, life group leaders and staff available in the front to play, to play, to pray. Uh, and uh, yeah, guys, we're here to connect with God. We're, this is what this whole series is about. This is, and we're here to, God, would you teach us? God, would you teach us to pray? Um, and just praying for y'all this, this week, uh, one of the things I felt like the Spirit highlighted um, was just a picture uh, of the arms of the Father just reaching out and coming towards us and just saying, I love you and you're mine. Uh, and, and, you know, when I said, man, I felt like my, my word over me was not good enough. I just saw him on the cross just saying, it's enough. Like my, what I've done is enough, Joe. What I've done is enough. I love you and you're mine. And so maybe that's for someone in here this morning. So have some life group leaders in the front. Uh, to pray, we're gonna we're gonna close by seeing our Father.